0: Hello, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash the UK Podcast for the Culture Geek, Tech Nerd and Creative Wizard, episode 376, recorded on Monday the 22nd of March 2021 at 230405. I am so sorry that I haven't been around for a while. The reason for that was, well, everything got a bit much for me, and I had to go and have a bit of a lie down. Read about minority weathering, if you're interested. I also hurt my finger, but in comparison, that... Small injury was a little trivial. I don't even know why I mentioned it, apart from the fact that it was in my show notes. And also, yeah, having a hurt finger meant not being able to play my instruments, which also got me a bit down. However, I am back. I'm not going anywhere. The show still exists. And... Although I... Won't promise never to have a good old rant again. Because how can you not get angry and sad at things like the recent news of the terrible racist murders in the US? I do want to try and make this pod a refuge from the stresses and strains of the world. Because we could all do with a bit of that. I know you were expecting this episode about a week ago. That didn't happen because I wasn't quite right yet. And quite honestly, I don't feel that brilliant now. But it does feel like it's time to start taping again. We are, therefore, back to our weekly... Schedule So that is two shows a week, one about all geek topics that I tape on Monday, like the one that I'm doing right now, and then releasing on Wednesday, and a retro revisit, Doctor Who, at the moment, taped on Wednesday and released on Friday. In recompense for my conspicuous and long absence, tonight's episode is considerably longer than usual. I'm going to jump ahead through my show notes to a topic that segues neatly from what I've just said. Because, as well as the hurt finger and not feeling okay... There was another reason for an even greater delay of this episode, and that is I've had the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, finally. Anyway, there were quite severe side effects, which meant I wasn't too well for a couple of days, but I'm better now. Still feeling a bit tired, but better, and of course, I've had the first dose. But let me tell you about that. I got a couple of NHS text messages, and even more recently, actually after I have already had the vaccine, a letter from the NHS nagging me to arrange an appointment. Because they are now vaccinating people in my particular demographic. So that is what I tried to do. I tried to book my vaccine appointment online. I did that by visiting the NHS website. Unfortunately, that failed miserably because of a message box I couldn't get past which said, there is a problem, select a date. After many browser refreshes, I tried again and was offered a slot for the first dose, then told there was no slot for the second. Which demonstrates how dumb this app was. I mean, why couldn't it work out the date ranges? I also was offered other dates, then told on a later page that they were unavailable. Great. And just to make sure that this wasn't a browser-level problem, I tried both the latest version of Firefox and Internet Explorer, just in case, but that wasn't the problem. It was a total fiasco, and in the end, I had to do the most undesirable thing possible, and that was to phone my GP, because they never, ever answer. That was pointless as the special vaccination number the NHS gave me for my particular general practitioner was for the over-75s only. On that same number, a recording told me to dial the main number and not leave a message, at which point a message beep sounded. I, of course, did leave a message, ...telling them that the NHS had the wrong phone number. I then dialled the main number... ...and... ...that was engaged. Of course it was. So, I then tried an alternative NHS number that is 119. That is the number that's dealing with both vaccination bookings and the track and trace system. I waited and waited and waited when I got through on that number and through all the automated messaging, and then was disconnected after about half an hour, which was absolutely splendid. In summary, what I found was that the NHS vaccination website is failing. The NHS vaccination track and trace number, 119 is also failing, and contacting my GP was nigh on impossible. Oh, and by the way, the original SMS message told me to book by Thursday. And this was on Monday. So it didn't really give me that long. I don't know why it said to do it by Thursday. I'm assuming that all that really matters is you do it as soon as possible. Fortunately, the story doesn't quite end there. I kept trying and trying to get through to my GP. And two hours after calling and calling this engaged number, there was finally a connection. And I spoke to someone. After waiting in a queue and an eternity of holding, and successfully booked an appointment for Thursday. Yeah, I managed to get an appointment. On Thursday, I visited the surgery. I drove over there, and I found the the whole the surgery was geared up and ready for war. It was as if we were on a war footing. There was quite the production line set up for max vaccinations and people were coming in a few at a time. I was given the AstraZeneca vaccine after being asked a few routine questions about allergies, and also given a card with the vaccination name and the date of the vaccination, and was told that I would be called in again for my second dose. So, for me, at least, it was a happy ending, apart from <laughs> what I just mentioned at the top of this section, that I wasn't feeling that well. I had a fever, I had aches, pains, headaches, stomach upset, dizziness, 12 hours after the shot, and it lasted for 24 hours, but... Of course, that is a small price to pay when the alternative could be death. If you're getting the runaround, let me know. Yes, I know the government is under strain, but what is the use of ordering people to get the vaccination when the NHS can't cope with the demand? I really think the government should mobilise a door-to-door vaccination strategy. Otherwise, I can see many people who need to be vaccinated, missing out through no fault of their own. What I didn't tell you is that in that series of phone calls I made to the surgery, the final one, when I threw my hands and gave up for a while, was made by my mother. She just rang them and rang them, and she happened to ring them at the right time. She got into a queue and waited till... There was only one more caller in the queue and handed the phone to me. But I'm guessing not everyone has family around them to help with this. And some of the people who need the vaccine might be vulnerable and not able to just wait for hours and hours on the phone. I'm glad I had the vaccine, the first dose. My parents have had the first dose ages ago now. I just think that it hasn't really been set up that well in the UK. We've got, apparently, lots of the actual vaccine, but the rollout seems a little haphazard. And after going through all those telephone queues and automated messages and all that crap, I now have a burning desire to read Kafka, which is something I've wanted to do for years, and maybe it's about time now, because it feels like sometimes I'm in the midst of this huge, grinding bureaucracy. On the other hand, at least I did get the shot. And if you're having second thoughts about getting the shot because of those side effects, get the shot, because, like I said, it's better than dying. And on that cheery note, let's get on with the rest of the show. (laughs) Like I said, it is going to be a bit longer than usual. Uh, I wonder if I'm going to get through this without hitting pause and going for a break. We'll see. Let's go straight into culture. And talk about some films that I've seen. Starting with Fantasy Island. Yes, there is a reboot of the 80s mystery show. Was it 80s? I think it might have been 90s. I'm not sure. But yeah, I remember the old TV show. And I remember enjoying the old TV show. This is a film reboot of that. And the basic idea behind Fantasy Island is, a guess... Go to this island, and whatever their wildest fantasy is, it comes true. In the case of the reboot, there's a monkey paw element to those granted wishes. I thought the film started off fun, like tropical Scooby-Doo for grown-ups, And I also thought the horror element was great. However, there was too much explaining and not enough mystery. The twist ending was weak. And it also suffered without the charisma of Ricardo Montalban. And... Oh wow, I just hit pause to check something, and apparently it started off the original TV series, that is, in 1977, but it did last until 1984. As I was saying, I think it suffers a little without the charisma of Ricardo Montalban, and, of course, Hervé Villecher's Ricardo Montalban. is, of course, the famous actor who played Khan, and Hervé Villachey plays Tattoo in Fantasy Island and is also very famously known as Knickknack from The Man with the Golden Gun. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. Fantasy Island, not bad, but really not brilliant, and I'm not sure it fills the shoes of. ...the TV series that it reboots. I keep saying reboots, but I looked in the Wikipedia page... ...and apparently this is a prequel. And now that I think about it... ...the ending does indicate that. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. A good few weeks at least. Next, this is a movie that I've seen more recently... ...and that is The Headhunter from 2018 which was released in 2019, but didn't seem to start being distributed until last year. Doesn't feel like this has been out for long. The Headhunter is a fantasy short story in movie form about a morning super-powered monster-killer in the hire of a local aristocrat he disposes monster after monster until he meets an old foe. The twist at the end was good, but the way it happened made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Watch it and you'll see what I mean. I can't really explain more than that, although I will spoil the ending. But yeah, the ending was ridiculous and silly. And completely illogical. Let's take back the ridiculous and silly. If it wasn't illogical, it would be cool. But it didn't make sense, and it really just annoys my geek brain. (laughs) And that's a headhunter. Next, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes, I've finally, finally, finally seen this. In Bill and Ted Face the Music, the silly duo of Bill and Ted, failed rock stars fighting middle-aged spread and spousal issues, well they did marry actual princesses, so what do you expect, are tasked by the future to sing a song that will unite the world. That's the basic plot of the film. There are lots of little bits that made me laugh, but one bit in particular really made me laugh, and that was Ted telling the bass player a very The Seventh Seal death. Dude, you were playing 40-minute bass solos. And just that whole thing seemed right on the nose and really made me laugh. (laughs) The band, recruited throughout history, including the aforementioned death, of course, Mozart, Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, and a very confused cave person drummer, was excellent. Bill and Ted Face Music is a kinder, warmer ending of the Bill and Ted saga. It's certainly and consciously redressing its very white male origins without losing any of the comedy. The cast is charming. There are strong echoes, of course, of Doctor Who. Although, (laughs) the telephone booth that Bill and Ted travel in is definitely not bigger on the inside. I felt echoes of Harry Harrison books like Star Smashers of the Galaxy Rangers, Time Bandits. There was a touch of John Carpenter style incidental music, a Rick and Morty esque muscle scene. <laughs> and I'm saying this as an ex gymnut albeit a diminutive one. I actually said diminutive right, I think. Did I? Did I say that right? I also like the fact that they didn't do any weird close-up stuff on Keanu Reeves to make him look shinier and more polished and younger or better looking. He looks his exact age in this. I'm not sure why he doesn't in the series of John Wick films. In those action-fighting movies, he seems strangely younger than his actual age. I don't know, maybe I'm imagining it, but he does look his exact age in this movie, which I appreciated. They didn't do any fancy softening with a camera. Ah, uh, where were we? Oh, I was digressing, of course. In summation, station. And that's Bill and Ted Face the Music. Next, a documentary movie. A Glitch in the Matrix. From 2021. The 2021 documentary talks about simulation theory which posits the disturbing possibility that we are actually in the matrix, i.e. a simulated environment created by a greater intelligence. The documentary does this by talking to numerous experts, as well as a disturbing key interview subject, In this mildly interesting documentary, though, honestly, as much as I didn't like Alex Garland's devs, I think devs is probably better. On the other hand, as a Philip K. Dick fan, I loved the sections about his theories or delusions. And that is The Glitch in The Matrix. And let me tell you, these last two years have really felt like living in something that isn't quite real. Next, the sound of metal. After having my vaccination appointment, I celebrated by watching this film, then completely zonking out, which was why the pod, this pod that you're listening to, was taped even later than expected. Apparently, The Sound of Metal began as a project called Metalhead, starring real-life band Juicifer, but since the fictional band in The Sound of Metal seemed to be a punk band, the title is more filmic license at this stage, because I don't think The Sound of Punk sounds, well, very metal. I'm digressing terribly. Sorry about the tangent. Back to The Sound of Metal. Let me tell you what this is actually about. In The Sound of Metal, Riz Ahmed stars as a punk drummer who experiences terrifying, sudden hearing loss, SHL, that can happen to people. I've heard about this before, and it scares me silly. But let me digress very, very slightly to take the opportunity to say I'm always impressed by Riz Ahmed because he is a great British South Asian actor who actually gets non-stereotypical roles and recognition for doing so, and possibly an Oscar nomination. I think he is nominated for an Oscar. What am I talking about? I'm not actually sure. I don't really follow the Oscars, but I heard that he's doing well in the running. For this role, he learned to drum and to sign, using ASL American Sign Language, and the film has attracted Oscar attention. So, it's a good film. Which I didn't like. Yes, you heard that right, it's a good film. It stars Riz Ahmed, and I did not like it. I think, though, I could be mistaken that the creators and cast collectively were trying to make a film that promotes death culture in the journey of the character through grief, loss, and acceptance. And since... The creators and cast collectively have experience of music and hearing loss and deafness and deaf culture. They are possibly uniquely in a position to make a film like this, except, as I said earlier, I don't like this film. For me, whose father went through late hearing loss and myself experiencing some hearing-related problems, even right now, and as a lover of music, yes, aren't we all, but I really do love music, this felt like a disturbing horror movie. I'll explain that now. Let me give you my version of the treatment of this movie. Musician suddenly and inexplicably loses hearing He is invited into a deaf school arranged by the mysterious and unseen Hector on the phone. Abandoned by his girlfriend at the deaf school, which is situated in the middle of nowhere, he meets a man in charge who takes his phone and his van keys away and says he can help fix his mind. The musician stays at the school, learns sign, but sells everything he has for cochlear implant surgery. Cut to cold clinical Cronenbergian scene with drilling into the skull. He is then kicked out of the school slash cult by the cult leader for doing this. The implant results a mix. He rips them out, and ends up staring into the sky, accepting the silence. Now, for me, and possibly you after you heard my version of the treatment of this movie, couldn't this be seen as a particularly bleak horror movie? It's a good film, but it did not lead to a good night's sleep at all. In fact, it led to a very disturbed night's sleep. And I briefly considered calling this episode The Sound of Silence, but I have recently rewatched Detectoris, and I don't want to be laughed at by Mackenzie Crook. And that's what I thought of The Sound of Metal. If we've dwelled on that for long enough, let's move on to television and WandaVision. Yes, I am late to the party again, but I felt it my duty to at least watch an episode to tell you what I thought of it. Here's the trouble. I actually remember shows like I Love Lucy, I Dream of Jeannie, Tabitha, and others. So, the big in-joke of the first episode really outstayed its welcome for me. And I wanted to get right to the point of the story, just not dwell on that retro black-and-white nostalgia, but that didn't happen, at least not in the first episode. I would say it's not bad, I've been told by others that it's a good show, but I'm not in any desperate rush to box-set the series quite yet, there's far too many other things to do. The Walking Dead Season 10 has returned, and somehow I'm still hanging on. Damn you, Kirkman. Oh, and by the way, did you know that Robert Kirkman, the creator and comic book writer of The Walking Dead and other comic books, his son's name is Peter Parker Kirkman. Which makes me want to double damn Kirkman for... Stealing the good kid names. There are, of course, spin-offs to The Walking Dead in the works when the next and final season ends. Including a spin-off show with Carol and Daryl. Carol and Daryl? That sounds far too cute. But when season 11 ends, I'm out. At the moment, I am enjoying season 10. I'm particularly enjoying seeing things from the new character princess's point of view. Imagine dealing with mental problems like that, and being in the middle of the apocalypse, and somehow surviving. Moving on from The Walking Dead, let's talk about the new show, Superman and Lois. First there was Lois and Clark, then there was Smallville, and now we have Superman and Lois. In this new show, Clark Kent and Lois Lane slash Kent, together with their slightly unruly teenage sons, leave the big apricot of Metropolis and return to the Kent Smallville farm when Clark's mother dies. The image in my mind is of an old comic book series I remember about Superman, the one with an iconic picture of Clark carrying a broken tractor on his shoulder. Can't remember what that story series was. But that's what this makes me think of. I've seen the first episode, it is pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to continue watching the show. But it does seem like it would be something I might like to come back to in the future. Most importantly, the two main characters playing... Clark Kent and Lois Lane are pretty good. I don't know who they are. I'm not familiar with their work as actors, but they seem to satisfactorily fill those roles. For All Mankind Season 2. Yes, For All Mankind is continuing, and I'm still continuing to watch. In Season 2, we're now in the 80s, and heading off from counterfactual drama to wild science fiction in which the world of this alt-NASA is heading towards a superpower conflict on the moon. Well, eventually that's what it's going to do, because this season is moving very slowly indeed. I'm thinking that this is like the holding pattern, the expanse, Seem to be stuck in. In its latest season as well. But it is pretty good. And I am watching it. Next. Moving away from. Just about everything geek. But because it's still. Spy-ish related. And I kind of like those sorts of things. I watched Bloodlands. Which is. A show available on BBC iPlayer in the UK. And let me begin this section by saying I was once rude to James Nesbitt. It wasn't intentional. It was in person. It was embarrassing. But it was also a long time ago, and I doubt he remembers. Though, in case he does, sorry, Mr William James Nesbitt. No, he doesn't remember. Believe me, he does not remember. With that off my chest, Bloodlands is a thriller starring Northern Irish actor James Nesbitt. It is based in Northern Ireland. It is about the hunt for an assassin who once bumped off terrorist paramilitaries from both sides of the divide and who may have worked for the security services. I like the show because it showed us a side of the troubles that we never really thought of, or at least I didn't really think of. And it has a grim and unexpected ending, and it's only a four-part drama. I really like endings like this, where they do something that the audience just doesn't expect. I also thought that the inclusion of the iconic Goliath Crane from the Harland and Wolf Shipyard – throw your mind back – they built White Star Lions Titanic, gave Northern Ireland a distinct identity, all of its own, and was a nice touch. And that's Bloodlands, available on iPlayer, and probably lots of other places if you're really desperate to see it. Let's move on to something very, very current. And I told you, didn't I, that there would be extra content to make up for me not being around. I have seen the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Before we talk about that, let me give you a brief recap. In Avengers Endgame from 2019, an elderly Captain America Stephen Grant Rogers went back in time at the end to live his life out with Peggy Carter. And in old age, passes his shield to Falcon, Sam Wilson, in the present. In the series, then, we start with Sam Wilson heading a rescue with a very high body count. Then, not wanting to become the next Captain America, he hands Captain America's shield into the government. Then we see some of Sam's personal life. Uh, Apparently, he's from a family of fishermen. We also see what has become of James Buchanan Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, since his pardon. He is trying to come to terms with the guilt of his years as a consciousness-programmed assassin by making friends with an old man whose son he murdered. I know. I know. The show is exciting, the aerial combat scenes were great, but the... EXO-7 Falcon Suit effects were really a little too CGI. I also felt that this show comes off strongly as US military propaganda. And what happened to superheroes who didn't kill people? So, a mixed bag. Will I continue watching it? I'd Don't know, maybe, but all that gung-ho crap really gets on my nerves. Let's end my section on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the culture section in general with a bit of trivia. The room where Bucky Barnes sees his shrink. Is that the same room used in The Man Who Fell to Earth from 1976 and god knows how many other films since then? Or is it just the same wallpaper? You know the one I'm talking about, the wallpaper with the trees on it. Someone please tell me where the hell that location is because it's bugging the hell out of me. Unbelievably, we still have quite a way to go. (laughs) Let's move on to technology now. And talking about returning stuff, do you remember that computer I returned to eBuyer? Well, not only did I have to pay postage, I was also dinged with the extra £10 charge for the original collection of the item due to no fault being found. In other words, just some punitive, ridiculous charge that many stores itemise as administrative costs. If you were wondering why Amazon, though not third-party merchants on Amazon, are winning, this is why. eBuyer is, of course, not the only company with such draconian returns policies. I had the same trouble with Andertons, which are really well-known From their YouTube channel. And I've had trouble with other merchants over the years who will try and saddle you with an extra expense. Well, when I say try and saddle you with the extra expense, usually they succeed. And this is really annoying. I do know that these companies have a right to make money. And that sometimes customers can be difficult. But... Sometimes being a bit less miserly with the purse strings is better for goodwill. It also perhaps ensures the possibility of further custom, rather than almost guaranteeing the loss of any future custom. Yeah, I'm probably not going to use eBuyer again. So then, given that I have sent back... The Xanta computer from eBuyer, and I still need a computer. Here's some good news that you already know because you're listening to this, and these show notes are so old, and I've probably mentioned it in a previous Doctor Who podcast. The new computer is the old computer. I finally managed to reinstall Windows 7 on my Mac after a series of cock-ups, That an IT bloke shouldn't have to admit to... Well, okay, I've got to give myself a bit of latitude here. An ex-IT bloke. Things like wiping out his MacOS partition by accident. Yes, that happened. But that was also the solution. So... But if you want to know what happened through this saga of cack-handed stupidity, I'm guessing... That there is a problem with APFS and NTFS living side by side, but that's just a guess. At the moment I have the default all the De, pre-APFS HFS on the MacOS partition and NTFS on the Windows partition. And I don't intend upgrading the MacOS side unless I go back to using only MacOS over the whole disk. Let me spare you the grisly technical details, but the gist of it is that the Mojave-slash-Catalina side of MacOS managed to screw the booting in a way that Windows didn't like, and Windows also didn't like the disk geometry. Going back to an older version of Mac OS X, fixed things, sort of, but I'm not entirely sure. I also think installing Windows first on an entirely Mac OS free Mac helped. However, as has been the case with most of my installs of any modern operating system over the last few years, every single install, even multiple installs of the same OS on the same hardware, seems to have been different. I seem, in my slightly unreliable memory, to be doing things slightly different each time. I'm guessing the complexity of hardware and software has grown to the point where there is now zero consistency of experience. Or maybe I'm just stupid. Uh, let's move on to something else. I bought a hacking book. You would have thought I'd be finished with faffing them around with technology, but yeah, that's what I did. After being a scripter and a programmer in my past work life, and my strong need to feel superiority and to be wizardly, I thought it was about time to do something and while cruising for an O'Reilly animal book that would be useful and fun like Said an Orc or the Vim Pocket Guide, both of which I used to own at some stage and now have to rebuy, I instead came across the RTFM book. The Red Team Field Manual. RTFM, yes, hilarious double entange title. But the moment I had a preview on Amazon.co.uk of the book and saw those lovely little short snippets of code and one-liners, which I love and just hook me completely, I had to buy this. I have often talked about doing bits of code on this pod, but there is very little you have seen or rather heard me talk about because the projects I have mentioned, like beginning to code a game or making a text-based game, all those sorts of things are extremely time-consuming. On the other hand... Back-end bodging can be quick and useful to my everyday life. For example, by getting this book, I can learn ways of plugging holes in my own system. And that's it for now. Yes, thank God, the show is finally over. That is about an hour of content that poor old me is going to have to edit tomorrow. That should be fun. But now I really do need a break. I need the toilet. So I'll just say that I make this show. If you want to find more about me or get in touch, go to RoyMartha.com. R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R. If you want to help, you can review the show, or recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy, or click the contact or support link on the website. You were listening to Crash, episode 376, recorded on Monday the 22nd of March 2021, and ending on Tuesday the 23rd of March 2021, because I've been nattering on. For so, so long. And the time at the end of the show is zero 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 seven thirty nine. That's it for now. Thank you for listening, everyone. I'll be back very soon with a revisit. If you're a geek who's also into Doctor Who, be sure to subscribe and tell other people to subscribe. And that's it. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye. Oh, throat's a bit hoarse.